I was first introduced to anthologies when I was in college as an English major. Several of my textbooks were the Norton Introduction to Literature, the Norton Anthology of American Literature, Volumes 1 and 2, and the Norton Anthology of English Literature, Volumes 1 and 2. Some of you may be familiar with those extremely large fat books. They were like three or four inches wide, huge, huge tomes to be carrying around all the time. Well, those well-worn books introduced me to the writings of some of the best known authors of all time. And anthologies are still hugely popular today, even though most of them, thankfully, are not three inches thick like my Norton anthologies. Writing for anthologies is, in my opinion, a great way to break into professional writing, to build your portfolio of publishing credits, and writing for anthologies can also be a source of consistent income. It can be a wonderful way to build your writer platform to connect with a new audience throughout your writing career, not just at the beginning of your writing career, but throughout your writing career, or you can even make a career of writing for anthologies. I've had several pieces published in anthologies, but I'm not an expert on it. So I'm bringing in a guest. Her name is Tracy Crump, who is a true expert in writing for anthologies. Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. Now, perhaps you're an emerging writer who's feeling just a little bit stuck or overwhelmed, and you're looking for practical tips that will help you to develop forward momentum. Or maybe you're an established writer who has what I would call knowledge gaps here and there, and you're eager to take massive action to plug those gaps. Perhaps you enjoy being inspired by other writers, and you're going to get all that here on the Professional Writer Podcast, practical tips that you can begin taking massive action on today as well as candid conversations with business professionals who share what it is really like to be a professional writer. You'll find the show notes and a link to join our private Facebook community at bloggingbistro.com forward slash podcast. Now, here's an easy way to subscribe to the show so that you will receive an email notification from me every time a new episode drops. Simply get out your phone and text the phrase pro writer, P-R-O, W-R-I-T-E-R, all one word, to the number 44222 and follow the prompts. And when you subscribe, I will also email you a bonus gift, which is my quick start guide called Essential Resources for Running a Writing Business. Today, I am super excited to welcome to the show our guest, anthology writer, Tracy Crump. Hi, Tracy. Hi, welcome. Laura. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, I'm really glad that you've joined us today because I'm so interested in this topic. I'm going to tell you, listener, a little bit about Tracy. She's been publishing since uh, 2005. She's done a lot of article writing and has also had more than 100 devotions published in several devotional books, including The Upper Room, Guidepost Books, and many others. And she's also had more than 30 anthology stories published in various anthologies. But what Tracy is best known at is for contributing 23 stories to the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, which is one of the most popular anthologies of all time. And Tracy, you also conduct workshops on how to write for Chicken Soup. Is That's that right. correct? That's right. We do. We really enjoy that. And we do four and a half hour work on ground workshops. And then I have a course online on Serious Writer Incorporated uh, about writing for Chicken Soup for the Soul. 
And you're not a, an employee of Chicken Soup for the Soul. We just want to make right. that Right. I just speak from my experience in writing for the series. So we have an experienced Chicken Soup author with us today, and we're going to learn all about what it takes to write for anthologies and specifically to write for Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Tracy, what got you interested in writing for the anthologies? Well, I had published a couple of articles about some family issues that I was interested in when I joined a writer's group headed up by a lady named Mary Lane Wade Coke. And one day, Mary Lane emailed me. She knew I had worked as a nurse years ago, and she's a nurse. And she said, Chicken Soup for the Soul is doing a, a book for the nurse's soul. She said, why don't you try submitting something? And I thought, they're never going to publish anything. I write anyway. So I just let the deadline pass. A few days later, Mary Lane emailed me again. She said, they've extended the deadline for the nurse's soul book. Why don't you try submitting something? So I finally asked thought and thought, and I finally thought of one story, wrote one story, then another, and I ended up submitting five stories. They held three for consideration, and they chose two to publish. And so what I tell people in my workshops is, if I can do it, you can do it. And it sounds like somebody had to really kick you That's in the pants right. to get you motivated. <laughs> That's <there. laughs> right. I tell her, it's all her fault. <laughs> Well, you know, those connections are so incredible, Tracy. I recall my first experience publishing in one of the Chicken Soup books. I was at a conference and I happened to meet the editor of one of the Chicken Soup oh. for the Soul books. I had recently published a book and she had read my book and she said, I would like to feature one of the stories from your book or an adaptation of one of those stories in an upcoming Chicken Soup for the Soul book that I'm editing. Would you be interested? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> The editor's asking me to submit a story, so I think I could probably manage Absolutely. this. <laughs> and yeah, it ended up getting published in the Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yeah. So sometimes those things just fall into your lap or you've got people knocking on your door saying, hey, this would be perfect for such and such publication. Why don't you submit? And, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, the worst thing that can happen is you don't submit exactly. it, right? I tell people that I, <laughs> our workshops come with 100% guarantee because I can 100% guarantee you your, your story will not be published if you don't submit it. Let's say we've got a listener out there, Tracy, who wants to try their hand at writing for anthologies. What suggestions do you have for just the very basics of getting started submitting to anthologies? Chicken Soup for the Soul is the, the number one anthology around. Let's just talk about their their guidelines and what they look for. Okay. And first of all, I'd say the, the most important thing to remember is that Chicken Soup for the Soul is all about story. In our workshops, I like to quote a film producer named Peter Goubert. He goes all over the country talking about the power of story. And he said, I have come to see that stories are far more than entertainment. They are the most effective form of human communication more powerful than any other way of packaging information. And that's what Chicken Soup for the Soul has tapped into, is that power of story. And still, just like any other publication, there are things that you have to remember when you want to write for this particular one. And they have their guidelines on the website, chickensoup.com. Anybody can go there and find them. Let's just highlight a few of them. By the way, I don't know if you, you realize that Chicken Soup for the Soul has been around almost 30 years now. Wow. Yeah. I was going to ask yeah. you about that, Tracy. 30, 30 years, years, Chicken Soup for the Soul has been around. So chances are pretty much everybody has seen uh -huh. one. They have published, uh. I think, well over 300 different titles. And uh, you mentioned uh, meeting one of the, the editors. They did change hands in 2008, started by 
Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield. But in 2008, Amy Newmark and her husband bought the series. And of course, they have done wonders with it too. I tell people that you, you should read books. You should read anything that you want to uh, submit to. You need to read that publication to see what they're looking for. That's the best way to learn what they're looking for is to see what they've already published. But it's probably better to read books since 2008 if you plan to submit to them because every editor has a little bit of a different slant on things, what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to know what Amy Newmark is looking for, read those books since 2008. And there are plenty, yeah, <laughs> plenty out there. Yeah, I was just going to say, if they've done 300 All titles, together. you probably wouldn't have any trouble finding no, one. No. Chicken Soup for the Soul would be considered a general market series, Exactly, correct? exactly. Now, a lot of people think it's a Christian series, but it's not. I guess because Chicken Soup for the Soul, and they have published books specific to Christian, like Chicken Soup for the Christian Soul, Chicken Soup for the Pastor Soul. But the great thing, especially for Christians, I think, is that they do allow you to talk about your faith a little bit, kind of a fine line, because it is, a gen like you say, a general market publication, general market series. So it's not, it's not Christian stories per se, even mm -hmm. though you can mention your faith a little bit. It has to be integral to the story. But I've noticed that a lot of the stories in the Chicken Soup books tend to be not Christian, not overtly Christian, but they do trend toward being what I would call inspirational. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly what they're looking for, are true inspirational stories. True, okay. they don't, don't allow any fiction, not even creative nonfiction. So it has to be something that <laughs> actually happened. They used to allow third person or first person point of view. Now they only want first person point of view. So you have to use those first person pronouns, I, me, we. It can be about somebody that you know. I've written stories about my mother-in-law, my dad, uh, other people in my family, other people close to me, but I still have to keep myself part of the story. One mm -hmm. story I wrote about my mother-in-law is was about a, a ride she took with my son in his Jeep. She was 80 years old. They took the top off, got stuck in the mud. I mean, it was a wild ride, but I kept myself in the story because she called me and told me about it. And in fact, she gave me the title. She said, I said, well, how did you enjoy it? She said, it was a glorious ride. So that was the title, A Glorious mm -hmm. Ride. So you can do things like that to keep yourself in the story and still tell it from a first person point of view, even though it's not necessarily something that happened personally to you. The first thing that I'm hearing you say is go and if study mm -hmm. the market, read some of the recent chicken soup books so that you get a feel for the way that the writers are telling the stories, the type of stories that are included, the length, mm -hmm. the point of view all exactly. the things. And then when you are submitting, make sure that you write your own story in the first mm -hmm. person and keep yourself in the mm -hmm. story. That's right. So it's all about exactly. the story. All about story. That is their bedrock. What are some other tips that you have that we should be mindful of before we pitch our story to a mm -hmm. chicken soup? In the guidelines, you'll find that they don't want it any more than 1,200 words. And just like any publication, if you go over that word count, then you, you risk not even being considered. So 1,200 1, words is not a chicken soup for this whole story. We live in a soundbite generation, and everybody's looking mm -hmm. for a quick read and, and move on to something else. So I think, and now this is not something editors have said, but I think if you keep it even tighter to eight or 900 words, you might have an even better chance of publishing. 
That's exactly what I was going to ask you, Tracy, because having done a lot of writing for magazines in my career, editors will often say, you know, give me 800 words or give me a thousand words or give me 1500 words. And when they say 800, 800. they mean 800, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like between 795 and 800 Mm -hmm. words, but there's very little wiggle room there. You're saying 1200 words maximum, maximum, but there is a possibility that you could submit something shorter than 1200 words. And that might still be accepted. And in fact, it might even go over like gangbusters with the readers because we live in such a soundbite generation. In fact, they used to list a minimum of 350 words. Mm. They don't list that that minimum on there anymore. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't I wouldn't go any less probably than 350 words. Yeah, because you have to have a complete story. It has to have a definite beginning and middle and end. You can't leave the, the reader hanging. It has to be a definite story. But we call them snapshot stories. And then by that uh-huh. we mean a close-up, not a panoramic story. It's not your life story. It's not a <laughs> memoir. It's a close-up, usually on one event, something very specific and tightly written. Use your fiction techniques. It's not a fiction story, but Mm -hmm. use those fiction techniques of show, don't tell, strong verbs, strong nouns, paint pictures for the readers. That's what they want. Don't get into the purple prose. Don't go overboard and make it too flowery. Chicken Soup with the Soul, I notice when I read story after story, it's pretty practical. It's not practical. It's not teaching you something necessarily, but it's pretty down to earth. It's not a flowery, flowery story. You want to still want to make it a good, well-told story. It's not this happened, this happened, this happened, the end. You know, we don't want a boring story, but they still Mm -hmm. want a complete story. There are four elements of a good story that I've learned are action, dialogue, conflict, and resolution. And you want to use all those elements in your story to make it a, a good, complete chicken soup for the soul story. In their, their guidelines, they say, start your story in, in action. Start with the start of the story. And I've, I've interviewed actually Amy Newmark twice. I've been privileged to talk with her two times. In our last interview, she mentioned this. She said a lot of people, a lot of writers want to tell you what they're going to tell you before they tell you the story. So that, she said, don't do that. She said, don't start out with a lot of the laying the foundation. She said, just get right into the story. And when I edit Chicken Soup for the Soul Stories, you know, I just do that as a freelance editor. I've probably cut more first and second and third paragraphs than anything else when I do that. A lot of times I'll get down to to the bottom of the first page or into the second page and say, this is where your story starts. I read a um, quote not long ago by an author who said that, you know, our story starts when we light the match, not when we lay the wood. And I'm guilty too. I've had to cut my own (laughs) paragraphs there. But too many of us want to lay that wood first and then start the start the fire. So we need to be mindful of that. Don't try to do that. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely guilty of that too, Tracy. And as a magazine writer or a short form writer for most of my career, what I've learned is when I write the first draft, I lay the wood down. Right. <laughs> you know, everything goes in there. Everything I do a brain dump of everything I'm thinking yeah. about when I'm editing my story. That's when I start cutting and slashing and going, oh, yeah, that's super boring. The reader doesn't need that. I need to jump right into the action, get rid of those first two or three paragraphs. I needed to write them just to get it off my chest, but no one else needs to read it except for me. That's right. You said the four parts of a great story are the action, the dialogue, 
the conflict and the resolution. And dialogue was one of the questions I was actually going to ask you earlier. When you're writing a story you for Chicken Soup for the Soul, you mentioned using fiction techniques in the story, and yet you're telling it from the first person. And so I think that some maybe newbie writers out there might think, well, if I'm telling it in the first person, I can't use dialogue. But what I hear you saying is, yes, you can have conversations and dialogue. And in fact, you should have those in your story. Yes. But let me say this, you need to really keep it to a minimum. Treat it like Mm -hmm. salt a little bit goes a long way. Part of that is just the practical mechanics of it, because they have a certain amount of space usually set off for every chicken soup for the soul story. As you probably know that every time you uh, write dialogue, every time you start with a new speaker, you start a new paragraph. So that can just make it physically Mm -hmm. too long. Uh, So I only put usually two or three lines of dialogue, maybe two, maybe a couple of places. I limit it very, very severely because it, it can just begin to be too much. And I have seen stories. I've had people come to me and say, I don't have any dialogue in my story. Are they not going to publish it? Well, I have seen stories written for Chicken Soup with Soul that did not have any dialogue. Dialogue is just more interesting. We just, it just engages us more. So it's good to have a little bit in there, but just not too much. And then how about the conflict? Every good story has to have some conflict in it, That's right. They're not fairy tales. And even in fairy tales, you have the Wicked Witch, don't you? So conflict (laughs) doesn't mean there has to be a fight breakout. It just means that there has to be something for the main character, which is usually you, not necessarily, but usually you, to overcome. So as in that story about my mother-in-law, she had to overcome. She's a very fastidious. She was a hairdresser. She was 80 years old. She very, you know, very particular. And so she had to overcome the fact that she was getting into a a vehicle with no top on it. and The wind was going to be blowing her, you know, so it can be something that minor, but it's, it's a conflict. It's something, it's like a wall that main character hits or something that they have to go over or around or through or under just something for them to overcome. The resolution is you're going to, you're going to bring it Like my friend, Mary Lane says, you tie it up with a bow, you bring everything uh, around at the at the end, so that you you've tied every all up all the loose ends there. You're telling us about those four components of every good mm-hmm. story. Would you consider that to be kind of the template that Chicken Soup might be looking for? They are very flexible. Okay. Um, I, if there were a template, I would say that would probably be the closest thing. And really, I don't even think that's on their website. That's something we've come up with by reading so many Chicken Soup for the Soul stories and just knowing about writing. But yeah, they're they're pretty flexible. I don't I don't think they have a, an actual template, but they just want it to be a story, not an article, not an essay, nothing like that. There's a difference. And if you don't know the difference, it's mm-hmm. good to go out there and research and find out because a story is something entirely different from an article or an essay. So it would be helpful if I'm thinking of writing for Chicken Soup in terms of studying the market to read other books in addition to Chicken Soup for the Soul books so that I educate myself on the difference between what's an article. I can read magazine articles. I can read newspaper articles to do that. I can read articles online and then to read stories, which would specifically be read Chicken Soup for the Soul books, and then also to read essays, read books of essays so that you get a really good feel for those three different genres and how they're structured and written differently. Mm -hmm. That would be a good idea. How about things that we should avoid doing if we're planning on submitting to Chicken Soup for the Soul? That's a good question, Laura, because I think it's just as important to know what a publication doesn't want as what they do want sometimes. Well, one thing that they say they don't want is previously published material, with the exception of if it were published in a small local venue with limited circulation. 
And in one of their newsletters, they went into a little bit more detail about this. Uh, if it were published in your small hometown newspaper, small hometown magazine, your church's newsletter, your blog even, they're okay with that. You can go ahead and submit it as a story to them. They still want to know about that, but it's okay. However, if it were published in a, a large metropolitan newspaper, a national magazine, another anthology, if it were a big anthology. Now, one time I actually asked the editors for a friend. She had published a story, in a, and I thought it would be perfect for Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I said, you really need to submit that. She said, well, I published it in this little anthology. And I said, find out how many people saw that, how many copies were sold. Mm-hmm. And so I, I emailed Chicken Soup for the Soul, and they said, no, that would be fine because it was just a very small anthology not seen by many people if it's not widely published they're okay with that as long as you let them know first so no previously published material is one thing they say they don't want what we've been talking about is remember it's a story not an article or devotion or an essay they don't want any sermons no journal entries no eulogies they say we don't want to hear my grandmother just died and let me tell you what a wonderful person she was She may have been, and you may have a thousand stories you can tell about her, but you're going to have to hone in on one event or one personality trait or one aspect of your relationship with her to make it a chicken soup for the soul story. Again, you can't just go back and tell something that happened to her when she was a child unless you can somehow get yourself in in the story. I don't know if her just telling you the story would be enough. So it really has to be something personal, you know, to you. Uh, some, and some, or somebody close to you that you know happened for sure. They say they don't want any controversial or political issues. No biographies, no testimonies. Those are, like we said, it's not your memoir. It's not the time to tell your life story. It has to be a tightly honed, tightly uh, focused piece. So those are the things that they say they don't want. They're looking for something very, very specific. As a writer, you really need to be cognizant of what they are not looking for, because I've come across some writers who are like, oh, but I know it's not in the guidelines, and I know they said they don't want this, but I have the most amazing Mm -hmm. testimony, so I have to share it. Well, yeah, you can find somewhere else to share it, but it's not going to be in chicken Exactly, exactly. And in fact... That is one of the things I think poses a stumbling block for more writers than anything else, more Christian writers. They don't realize it's not a Christian series or don't acknowledge that when they write for them. I think it's great that they will allow you to talk about your faith, but only if it's integral to the story. And it has to be very confined. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is that testimony, when they say they don't want testimony, testimony is not just about your salvation experience. I liked what one writer said was she said, testimony touts the greatness or positive attributes of someone or something and reasons why it's so great. And I think that's where a lot of times writers cross the line is they want to tell that God did this for me and this is why he did this for me. This is why why he did this particular thing. I tell them, let God's actions drive the story. Let him speak through the circumstances. You know, Jesus told stories. He's the master storyteller of all time. And we call it stories parables. And he didn't say in those parables, God did this and God did that. He'll say something like the younger son demanded his inheritance and went and spent it on riotous living. And when he hit rock bottom, he wanted to go home, but he wasn't sure how he would be received. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and ran to him and hugged his neck and welcomed him back. Well, who does who does mm-hmm. the father represent in that story? He represents God, doesn't he? But Jesus didn't say that. He didn't have to. He let his listeners glean from that story what they would. 
And that's what we can do with the Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. We can let our listeners glean from our story. Talk about uh, values, Christian values, uh, love, mercy, forgiveness, uh, justice. We can talk about those values without specifically doing it through as a Christian story. If you allow me to tell one little story, I think this illustrates it better than anything else. A book that I edited, it was a 99,000 word book that I edited for a woman that I met at the Kentucky Christian Writers Conference. She was a lawyer who was kidnapped by a client who took her to a remote location and planned to murder her. God supernaturally intervened and saved her, rescued her. She didn't say, God rescued me. She just told the story. She told what happened. It would be clear to a blind man that that was what happened, that God intervened. There was a, something, a miracle happened there, and nobody could have denied it. But she didn't have to say that. And because of that, she published this in the, in the general market. She wanted to publish, like Chicken Soup for the Soul is a general market series. So she published that in the general market so that she could basically get the word out there that God is still in the miracle business here. That's one of the big things that we go over in our, our workshops because a lot, it does pose a stumbling block. And a lot of stories that I read, mm -hmm. they're trying to make it a Christian story. I used to say also that I never see scripture quoted in Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. And of course, my friend Mary Lane got a little snippet of scripture in one time, but it was integral to the story. The story was based on that. But very rarely, huh. very rarely will that ever happen. Oh, this is just so helpful, well, Tracy. I can't tell you how much I'm learning. <laughs> this is great. So another question I have is, I, I noticed when I was looking at your website that you have a literary agent. If I want to submit to a chicken soup book, do or any other anthology, do I need to have a literary no, agent? No, you don't. That's a great thing about most any anthologies, but these in particular, they accept stories from anyone. You can be a beginning writer. You can be an experienced writer. They don't care. Chicken Soup does not care about your background. They don't care what you've published before. They only care that you have mm. a good, well-written story geared to the theme of mm. the book. You know, every book has its own topic. They've published over 300 titles, and some of them they do repeat. They've had at least, I know, four Nurses Soul books. They, they do a Christmas book, a, a dog book, a cat book, mm -hmm. about every year or two. Even those have a little bit of a different slant. I have stories in two dog books. One is What I Learned from the Dog. That was the, that's the title of the book. And the other one is uh, My Very Good, Very Bad Dog. Well, you can tell right up <laughs> right there. Very different There's type. Some, <laughs> yeah, different Right, type different slant there. <laughs> so you need to really read carefully. I always, whenever I write for Chicken Soup with Salt, I go back and read and reread their story call out. They will list a list of topics that you can write on that. And then once again, this is where Chicken Soup is flexible. They don't require you to write on one of those topics. Now, those topics usually become, or at least some of them will become the chapter, or the, um, yeah, the chapter titles. They'll have a chapter and then they'll have about eight or 10 stories under that. And then they'll have another chapter title. So it's good to look at those because you know they're looking for stories like that, but you're not confined to that. If you come up with something that's kind of outside the box, go ahead and submit it. I love looking at the call outs because it often triggers ideas or, or memories of something that I could write about. Speaking of call outs, Tracy, don't they have a newsletter you can subscribe to where they, it's kind of an insider newsletter where they send you the call outs for the upcoming stories and they anthologies? They have a newsletter, but you have to have published with them before. 
You, oh, okay. See, I get that. That's because right. I published it. Once you publish that first story, <laughs> right. then you'll start getting that newsletter. And it is great. It is. Uh, now, they have gotten where they will a lot of times now, uh, they'll post just about the whole call out on their website. And I always tell people, okay. go back to that website often. Another way, though, I will tell you this, that you can get those call outs is I have a newsletter called The Right Life uh, that they, people can subscribe to. And ah. I do send the call outs to our subscribers for Chicken Soup for the Soul and, and a, a limited number of other anthologies. Sometimes I get guideposts, uh, notices for guidepost anthologies. I've got one for Ravel right now. That's another way they can get those call-outs when they haven't published for Chicken Soup for the Soul before. But I also tell them we don't get call-outs for everyone of their upcoming books. They'll list sometimes you know eight or ten on their website, and we'll maybe only have three or four active call-outs. So you still need to always go back to chickensoup.com. They're constantly coming up with new titles. Look and see if mm -hmm. there's something that you might have a story for. I will put the link to your email sign up in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. So if people want to get those call outs, they're interested in writing for anthologies, they can follow you okay. for that. Here's a question that a lot of writers are probably wanting to ask you right about now. Do you get paid <laughs> for writing these stories? Okay, part of being a professional writer is getting a little bit of That's income right. off of our writing. Tell us a little bit about what we can expect if we were to submit to them in terms of payment. They pay $200 for each story or poem. Now, they do accept poetry. I don't see a whole lot published in their books. But they do sell, they do buy poems for $200 also. And really, that is a that is an excellent price. You will get that once your story is accepted. You will be paid within a month after the story is published. So not right after acceptance, right okay. after publication within that next month. These books, do they take the usual year and a half to two years to get published? Are they fast it varies. It varies. Uh, sometimes they'll okay. send multiple call outs for the same book. They'll have a deadline and then they'll send another call out. And they'll, and they'll it just depends on how many stories they get. And this is the only piece mm -hmm. of bad news I'm going to give you today, Laura. <laughs> they <laughs> they receive an average of 3,000 submissions <laughs> per book. Some of them, they will receive 5,000 or more submissions. They only publish 101 stories in each book. So you know right there that you have a lot of competition. 3,000 submissions, 101 stories mm -hmm. published. But you know what, Tracy, that's that's really kind of par for the course for any publication that you would be submitting to, yeah. where they get way more submissions than they are able to right. accept. So your story has to be good, and it really does need to meet those guidelines you've been exactly. telling us about. Exactly, it does. You get paid upon publication, and we're not quite sure when that right. might be. So word, word to the wise here, if you're getting, I'm doing the math in my head here, $200 per story, you could probably not make a full-time living writing only for chicken soup no. for the soul. So you need to have a diverse amount of income streams, and chicken soup could be one of those exactly. income streams. Mm-hmm. How about you, Tracy? What are some of the other income streams that you have? And, and are you writing full-time? Are you earning a full-time living at writing? Or is this something that you would consider more of a part-time or a side gig? Uh, well, let me just say I'm glad my husband <laughs> has a good job. But no, uh -huh. I, I, I write constantly, uh, but I do other things too. I mean, I edit. I probably make more money editing than I do writing. 
but I have written articles, published articles. I have published courses of devotionals that you mentioned before. And I do have a book that's coming out in June. It's called Health, Healing, and Wholeness, Devotions of Hope in the Midst of Illness. I went to a conference and met a, an agent there. He's now my agent, Kyle Young. I had toyed around with the idea of, of writing a, um, a novel or a children's book, and I was just kind of pitching some ideas to him. He said, look, you have published so many devotions. He said, that's your field of expertise. He said, why don't you write a devotional book? And I said, well, I could do that. And actually, that was more my cup of tea anyway, not only because I love delving into God's word and I love writing devotions. But also, I love the short pieces. I like writing something and moving on to something else. And a lot of people think that they have to write a whole book to be a writer. That is not true. I have written since 2005, and I have considered myself a writer that whole time. Actually, Mm -hmm. if you've got a message that you want to get out there, if you want to get the word out there, short pieces are the way to go. One magazine that was focused on the family that I wrote for at the time, they had a circulation of 2.1 million. You know, if you sell 5,000 copies of a book through a traditional publisher, you're doing well. If you really want to get the word yes. out there about something, short pieces are the way to go. But back to my book. <laughs> I'm very excited <laughs> about it. Uh, I did work as a nurse, as we mentioned before, years ago. And so it was just a natural fit for me to, to talk about my experiences. I worked in ICU. As I said, God's still in the miracle business. And I saw some miraculous things happen. I also was caregiver for my parents, and now my 99, about to be a 100-year-old mother-in-law, lives with us. It's a variety of stories, you know, in the devotions. But I'm very excited about it, and I'm also excited that the publisher is making them available now as box sets for churches and other organizations who want to use them for ministry, like hospital ministries, outreach, homebound ministries, things like that. Health, Healing, and Wholeness, Devotions of Hope in the Midst of Illness, releasing June 1st, 2021. Congratulations on that, Tracy. That's wonderful. And it sounds like all your experience writing for anthologies just set you up for doing a book Mm -hmm. of devotions Mm -hmm. as well. Mm And it's, I just love how God brings everything back around in, in a circle. It just kind of completes the circle from when I started as a nurse and then wrote my first two stories in Nurses Chicken Soup Soul, Nurses Soul book, and now it's a devotional about it. Do you have any final thoughts or encouragement that you can give to our listener today, Tracy? You know, I think Chicken Soup Soul is a perfect market for, uh, and I, I think I said before, for either beginning or experienced writers. Don't let doubts hinder you. It never hurts to submit a story. It's not held against you if it's not something they want. It's not held against you if it's not the best. You always want to submit your best work to any publication, the best that you could write at that point in time. But keep trying. I've told people before, they say, I can't, I've submitted before and I I can't get published. Well, keep trying. You never know what story is going to resonate with them. One of the things that I recommend a lot of the time is to start by guest blogging on other people's blogs who are in your same niche, who have the same type of audience that you do, or who write about similar topics or themes that you do. That helps you to get some publishing credits out there to develop your writing voice and style and to work on writing those stories like you're talking Mm -hmm. about and uh, putting together all the pieces that go into a well-crafted story It's just great experience. And sometimes guesting for other people's blogs 
or online publications can be a wonderful way to introduce you to influencers who may just happen to work for Chicken Soup for the Soul or, you know, be an editor or know an editor or go, hey, your story would be perfect for this upcoming Chicken Soup for the Soul book. So you just never know what's going to come your way. So try all sorts of different avenues. If you are interested in being a short form writer, try lots of different avenues and be sure to try Chicken Soup for the Soul as well. Well, Tracy, where can we go to learn more about you? And if we're interested in your course, How to Write for Chicken Soup for the Soul, uh, where would we go to get that information? Well, my website is tracycrump.com. That's Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, crump, C-R-U-M-P.com. And I uh, have information on there about the upcoming book and also about my course at uh, Serious Writer and information about my editing, different aspects, different things that I do. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tracy. It was just a delight to have you on the show and to Thank learn from so you. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. And listener, we would love for you to join the discussion, continue the discussion about writing for Chicken Soup for the Soul in the Professional Writer Podcast community. That's our Facebook group for listeners. We're here to support and encourage and challenge and learn from and with one another. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes for this episode over at bloggingbistro.com. And then again, if you'd like to subscribe to the show, it's on all the podcast listening apps. Or if you would like to subscribe via email, just text the phrase pro writer, P-R-O-W-R-I-T-E-R to the number 44222. Follow the prompts and you will be all set up. 